0: My name is Lena, and I'm Syrian-Egyptian.
1: Hi, my name is Riwa, and I am Egyptian-American.
0: And We Are Minna. We Are Minna is a nonprofit organization dedicated to advocating for a distinguished Middle Eastern and North African Minna race category on U.S. legal documents, as well as celebrating the Minna identity. Welcome to our first episode of our podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the defining moment that had us realize why we need something like our organization, We Are Minna, and what pushed us to advocate for um, a Middle Eastern and North African category on US legal documents? So, I think as the host, I'll start with talking about my experience. So, as I mentioned before, my name's Lena. I'm Syrian Egyptian. My dad is a Syrian immigrant, and my mom is a first generation Egyptian American. And growing up, I always identified by both of those two countries. Um, And for me, my defining moment really came to me at a young age when I was actually in fifth grade. So when I was in fifth grade, I had to fill out a document and it asked me for my race. And I don't exactly remember what that document was for, what it was about. Um, And I remember my first thought when it asked me for my race (laughs) is that I'm Syrian Egyptian. So I gracefully looked for a Syrian Egyptian category on this document and it wasn't there. So then, my next thought process was, well, Syria's in Asia. I'm, oh my God, I'm sorry, Syria's in Asia. Um, so if Syria's in Asia, that must mean that I'm Asian. So I just checked off the Asian category and, you know, just went about my day. And as we all know today, that's not quite accurate. Um." That's not what the Asia category is referring to. So, you know, at the time, I didn't really understand what that meant for me. But as I grew older and I filled out more of those documents asking me for my race, I realized now that as a child, if I couldn't find a category that I felt I belonged to, then there was a problem. So, Riva, what was your experience like?
1: Okay. So both of my parents are from Egypt. I myself um, was born in Egypt, and I came here, um, like I I came here like permanently when I was in around like fourth grade. Um, So I've always had a very clear, like, concept of what my identity is. Like I've always known that I am Egyptian. I was born in Egypt. My family has been there for generations, one hundred percent from there. Um, But then in my sophomore year when i took the psat for the first time and i couldn't find like um the categories that were on there were white parentheses including middle eastern and north african and i remember like i just i stared at that category for so long trying to like make sense of it because you know i've never in my life been confused or mistaken for white and i have just i had never heard of like Middle Eastern, North African people being referred to as white because from my experiences and from the people that I've seen, um, we come in like all different shades and there's a multitude of languages and cultures and it just did not feel right to group this entire region as Caucasian when we know that's inaccurate, both genetically, culturally, and just like linguistically in every way. So yeah, that was like the hardest question that I had to answer on the PSAT that day because I just I didn't really like know what to do. But eventually I ended up putting white, including Middle Eastern, North African, because I knew that the other categories didn't properly apply to me. And yeah, I just had an identity crisis in the middle of the PSAT and well, not even in the middle, like I hadn't even started the test and already I was reconsidering my whole life. Um, yeah, and then I just, I started talking to some people about that and my non-Mina friends didn't really understand where I was coming from, but I just, I I knew that there was something off for sure.
0: Most definitely. That is definitely a reality for a lot of people who hail from the Middle Eastern and North African region. And I'm sorry that that was something you had to think about on such an important day like PSAT day. Um, I remember, like, the first time that I was told that I was white, like, that I was racially, legally white. And I was like, do I look white (laughs) to you? I definitely have never gotten that. Like, I remember in when I was a junior, um, Riwa, which is, you know, around the time that I met you, we met in junior year of high school. I remember I went around asking people in our class, like, hey, what do I look like to you? You know, just in terms of nationality and ethnicity. And not a single person was like, you look European or you look white. Like they would say, oh, you look Hispanic. Um, But not a single person really thought, oh, I look white. I look American. I look,
1: you know, whatever. Yeah, that's totally fair. And um, I've been wearing the hijab since I was in sixth grade. So already that just like set me apart as very clearly non-white, like whatever people's perceptions uh, of my racial and ethnic background were I mean, I could assure you white did not cross their mind, and I mean like rightfully so, because I don't identify uh with the term Caucasian at all,
0: absolutely, yeah, um same here i I just don't really you know, as middle Easterners and North Africans, we experience discrimination that is familiar to. People who belong to minority groups. So we're white without the privilege, basically. Um, exactly. And you know, I I just started wearing the hijab. So all my life I never had to experience that kind of discrimination because, you know, I'm I'm pretty neutral looking. Even my name is pretty neutral looking. Like no one can really tell what countries I'm from or what my background is just by looking at me. They'd have to dig a little deeper. So it's like you know we we really don't um don't belong to like a or we can't be labeled that easily is what i'm trying to say is that there's just so many arabs and middle easterners and north africans out there who really fit within every spectrum of appearance so it's it's quite diminishing and you know you feel invisible as somebody who hails from the minna region just not having a category that you feel accru- accurately represents you
1: yeah exactly i feel like there's a lot of um like basically like erasure you know of our entire ancestry history culture language and it's like the minna region is like it's very distinct and it has i mean like even, like, the Minaregian, you know, it, it's so diverse. It's, uh, it, like, encompasses, you know, like, so many people and just so many different cultures, right? So, like, even, like, that one category is broad. So then, like, to kind of just, you know, like, almost, like, tack us on to, like, the term white for whatever reason, you know, it, it's it's completely, like, unrepresentative of who we are and it's just... um complete erasure. I totally agree with that. And we'll have, de- we'll have a more
0: comprehensive um, episode looking into the background of the Middle Eastern and North African region, really looking at the demographics of it, because I feel like it's really important to bring up the demographics when talking about, um, you know, why we deserve our own separate category. But it definitely feels like we were just sort of like tacked on to the white category. It doesn't feel like we actually, like our heritage is actually being reflected. And the thing that hurts you know, the most is that a lot of people don't even realize we don't have our own category. Like the amount of people that I've told, you know, that we don't have our own category, they're like, oh, my gosh, I never even noticed that you guys don't have your own category. And I'm referring to people who obviously are not Middle Eastern or North African, you know, people who don't have, don't, um, you know,
1: have to have to think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, like, I'm kind of like just against like the general concept of like using race as like kind of like defining your identity so much because I think that, you know, race is a social construct and everything. Like, you know, what is race? Like, I personally like prefer, um, you know, to, like ask people or to like share my um, ethnic or like national background because I feel like that's more representative, that's more accurate than just like white, black, Asian, Native American, like that's, you know, all these categories, like they're very arbitrary. And, you know, like they were created um, for specific reason. And like, I'm not going to get into the whole idea of race politics right now. Um, but yeah, just like the fact that even like with this social construct, that we still don't have a category that we can clearly identify and you know, just like adopt as ours is so problematic.
0: I totally agree with you. Even with the race politics, I don't think race is really, again, like you said, it's a social construct. It's not biologically significant. Um, and some of the categories are just way too broad. I mean, this goes back to the the thing that I mentioned before about how my first instinct when filling out a race form for the first time was, sorry, not a, a race form, a U.S. document that asked for my race. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was I'm Syrian Egyptian. Not that I'm Middle Eastern and North African, not that I'm Asian, not that I'm white. My first instinct was I'm Syrian Egyptian, and that's what I identify as, and that is what I feel is accurate to my heritage. But of course, that's way too specific, and that was definitely not an option on there. And that's why an organization like ours we are MinNA is so important because we feel that not only do we have to advocate for a racial category, but also we feel the need to celebrate and unify uh, people who hail from different countries in the MinNA region.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, just to kind of like go back to a point that you talked about earlier, like the whole concept um, of privilege, right? I think that's, you know, something very, very important, like looking at just why we need a minna category. Um, recently, the, you know, like this year, right, it was the year of the U.S. Census and the U.S. Census determines budgeting and like federal funding for the next 10 years, not to mention representation in Congress. Um, and the fact that we didn't have a minna category when we were supposed to, um, it's just, it got me like, thinking about this issue a lot and it's really like one of the biggest reasons why i decided um to join this organization like our communities are being like deprived of funding because they're not being recognized in the first place and there is just there's so much to say about that because you know we clearly know that mena people are not white they do not have white privilege and like a lot of menna americans um, you know, come from like predominantly like low socioeconomic class. So again, that's just like the privilege is really it's non existent. So it's like the lack of representation, I mean, it's not just about us wanting to, you know, identify as minorities or whatever. Well, because A, we are, but second, I mean like the fact that we're not recognized as we're not recognized properly is directly harmful. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And this actually reminded me, last year I was doing a a research project in epidemiology, um, and I needed the demographics of the United States to do this project. Basically, I was analyzing the relationship between diabetes type 1 and, I believe, um, like uh, echo viruses, something like that. I'm sorry, totally blanking on this. but uh, we didn't end up completing the project because of COVID and that kind of messed everything up. But I remember like, you know, looking at the demographic information that we had. And of course there was nothing for middle Eastern people because we were grouped under the white category. And so I felt that this was like, you know, directly detrimental because, Hey, you know, this is important data for every group to have. Um, and even, uh, Even now, like during COVID-19, there are a lot of studies being done, but they are not, you know, they're not measuring like how the Middle Eastern and North African community is being affected by COVID-19. And, you know, like they're not considering those neighborhoods separately from white neighborhoods. And I feel like that can be a bit skewed because, like you said, Rewa, there is a, you know, a difference. We, We don't have that the same privilege as, you know, white people do in terms of skin color and even in terms of economics um, so it's really important that we have that information so we can you know successfully lead and you know lead initiatives being knowledgeable about these topics but unfortunately you don't have that for this very reason
1: yeah thank you so much for bringing that up i mean you know like what you said it also like introduces what i feel is a very scary new dimension of looking at this issue and it's you know like if we're not being represented when it comes to health data and studies then you know like our communities like will suffer like not just like socioeconomically but with the regards to their health as well and that's that's a very very scary prospect because I mean you know like not identifying like specifically like oh like mena people mena people they might be somehow like uh more susceptible to like catching covid or sorry like for a better phrasing i guess um you know because no sorry uh yeah like more susceptible to uh contracting covid than but if we don't know that because we don't recognize many people in the first place then it's like you know how would we know that like we should put more testing sites in this particular community how would we know that like you know, there needs to be like more like vigilance or whatever. Uh um, yeah, like we just we have like no idea of like determining these things. And I mean this is also like especially because we're in a minimal pandemic, it's you know, it's a matter of life and death. And that's definitely yeah very terrifying and to think about. Again, this brings up
0: another point, um, or another experience I had over the summer. I was working on this COVID nineteen hackathon and our task was to actually come up with a plan to lessen the impact of covid in our neighborhoods and um you know i ended up coming across this article about this family friend who ended up dying and he's obviously arab and i realized that you know covid is affecting the people in my neighborhood Um, i live in a predominantly arab mediterranean neighborhood um, and i realized that we're being excluded from those news articles that tell you oh these communities you know need more resources because we, again, we do not have accurate representation. So it even goes beyond just representation. It goes towards literal research. Like we, we need research dedicated to our communities to, you know, lessen impacts and effects that we are experiencing. Um, and that is part of our initiative. That's a really big uh, incentive for us to go out and advocate for these things. And, you know, coming up, hopefully... We plan to continue these podcasts, and we're hoping to, um, you know, eff- effectively lead more initiatives towards getting, let's say, universities to recognize, uh, you know, the minute
1: category. Hopefully, uh, we're also like planning to, you know have a website up and running and just like kind of have a space where we can um, write blogs and really just like, you know, get more people's like insight on this because Lena and I, like our story is paralleled, but in different in so many different aspects um for so many people. And, you know, we would just, we would really love to get like a variety of perspectives and experiences. And, you know, like that should really showcase how important it is to have in a in category because it means it would mean a lot to various various people
0: I think the important thing the important takeaway for people to realize about our organization is we are not limited to Arab countries I mean we ourselves we are Arab but we have people on our team who hail from Morocco we have people on our team who hail from you know um, Sudan we have people on our team who hail from all different parts of the Middle East, from Turkey, and what I want our what I want our you know listeners to take away is that we we are dedicated to representing you. Anyone who identifies with the MENA region, we are dedicated to representing you. Um, so hopefully, in the future, you know I hope to get a bunch of different perspectives on this topic because I know that our experiences are not unique. Almost everyone who identifies as Middle Eastern or North African is dealing with this same issue. They are dealing with this lack of representation and they feel erased. They feel like they don't have a voice. So anyone essentially who identifies with the MENA region and who, who is struggling with this, we are here to represent you. We are here to give you a voice. So with that, I would like to conclude our first episode. Rewa, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate all your help. Um, Thank you for having me. Of course, yeah. Um, And hopefully I'll see you on our next podcast. If you'd like to contact us, feel free to email us at at w-e-a-r-e-m-e-n-a-a-a-at-gmail.com. Follow us on social media. Our Instagram handle is at w-e-a-r-e-m-e-n-a. And we also have a -A 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 TikTok, at We Are Minna. Have a great day, folks.